Not long after being received into the Catholic Church, my wife and I were visiting Knock, Ireland, the site of a Marian apparition back in 1879. When we arrived, we quickly learned that confessions were available for only about the next 15 minutes or so. And my wife thought that it would be a new and unique experience to hear the words of absolution from a priest with an Irish brogue. And I agreed. So we hustled over to the Reconciliation Chapel. And I'll tell you what happened coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Every day right here at 11th Central, we're here to offer you spiritual direction, a bit of help and hope for you as you live out your faith today. My name is Patrick Conley. When my wife and I got to the Reconciliation Chapel there in Knock, Ireland, it had confessionals all along the outer edge. And an usher was there to assure us that there was still time to make our confessions and to direct us toward a confessional. We knelt down in front of the confessional to pray, and shortly afterwards, my wife arose and entered. After a few minutes, she emerged and gave me a rather wide-eyed, quizzical look, but she didn't say anything to me. She just went to another area to kneel and do her penance. As it was my turn, I rose and entered, knelt down, and began my confession. When I finished my list of sins, I waited eagerly to hear the Irish accent. As the confessor began speaking, though, it wasn't in an Irish accent, but one that was clearly and unmistakably African. The priest offered me some good counsel, assigned a penance, and after my act of contrition, spoke Jesus' words of absolution. Looking back on it, yeah, maybe my wife and I were being a little selfish, motivated to receive the grace of the sacrament, by not the purest of reasons. At the very least, it's true that we had extraneous expectations. And through the Lord's provision of this African priest, I was reminded that really the only expectation with which I should approach confession is to meet him, meet the Lord, and receive the grace of his vast mercy and forgiveness. I didn't feel reprimanded so much as the Lord just giving me the little wink of a gentle reminder of this certainty. So what are the expectations that you're carrying into the sacrament confession? Are they realistic? Maybe you have questions or misgivings about experiences you've had that are keeping you away from the sacrament. But today on the show, we're talking about this wonderful sacrament and taking your comments and questions. Joining us as our spiritual director is a new spiritual director for us. Let's say hello to Father Patrick Broussard. Father Broussard is a priest of the Diocese of Lafayette, where he serves as pastor of Our Lady of Wisdom Parish and also as the chaplain of the University of Louisiana. Father Broussard, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us. Hey there, Patrick. Thanks for having me. And I have to say, uh, uh, you have a great first name. <laughs> as do you, Father. Yes, <laughs> Thank you. Great. Thank you. We are, our parents must have those great minds that think alike or something like that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Well, since this is your first time on the show, Father, we always like to ask our new spiritual directors to tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would. Sure. So as you mentioned, uh, born and raised right here in South Louisiana, Lafayette, uh, as you might be able to notice from my last name, uh, very uh, French name. Uh, I uh, actually attended the university where I'm stationed now as a, as a lay student. I studied civil engineering, uh, finished my degree there, and uh, worked one semester and then decided to go to seminary uh, where I studied for two years in Covington, Louisiana, and then I finished up my theology for four years in Rome. Um, 
I was assigned actually to the university parish, my first assignment uh, for two years, and then took some other assignments and came back. And this is my third year back. Um, so very excited to be back where uh, my vocation sort of blossomed in a lot of ways and to be able to, uh, to minister to students who are maybe asking those same questions that I was asking. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And do you come from a large family, Father? So my extended family is large. Uh, my immediate family is, is somewhat small. I have two older siblings, a brother and a sister. And actually, uh, my sister is being induced today for her fourth child. So oh, wow. uh, exciting day for us in the, yeah, in the exciting. household. Prayers for her as well, too. I'm gra- glad thank to hear. Thank you so much. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, really glad that you're joining us today here on The Inner Life to talk about the Sacrament of Confession. Always a, a good topic to delve into once again, because there are, I think, a lot of misconceptions around it. So um, maybe just to start out with, one of, the th- one of the things that comes up time and again, especially perhaps in conversations with our Protestant brothers and sisters or others of different uh, Christian traditions, is, well... Why? Why do the Catholics, why do you need to go to confession? Why can't you simply pray straight to God, so to speak, and have our sins forgiven? Yeah, so and that's a valid question. Like you said, Protestants and, and Catholics alike ask that question. And sometimes, you know, we might even find ourselves asking that same question. Yeah. Um, but the short answer to all the sacraments for that question is, well, because Jesus said so, right? Uh, <laughs> we believe that Jesus instituted all of the sacraments. And uh, particularly with the Sacrament of Reconciliation, we uh, see pretty clear biblical uh, support for this whenever Jesus hands the keys to Peter and gives him authority and then, uh, you know, gives uh, the apostles the authority to go and and forgive sins, right? Whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins uh, you retain are retained. And so, yeah, we do it because Jesus said so. But uh, maybe even bigger or sort of uh, something that would perhaps strike us a little more rather than just because someone said so, is uh, one of the things I remember from class, our sacraments teacher telling us is that the sacraments are given to us for certitude. Mm -hmm. So can I kneel down by my bed at night, uh, do a good examination of conscience and ask God's forgiveness and God forgive me? Absolutely. Right. He's God. He can, he can do anything, but uh, how would I know? And so if we believe in the, the reality of the church that Jesus himself established, we can be certain that if we do what the church says with confession, the priest gives us absolution, I can walk out of there absolutely certain that my sins are forgiven. Mm. And that's, that is a tremendous gift. I remember hearing the words of absolution for the very first time and making my first confession as a, as a convert to the Catholic faith. And uh, what a powerful experience that was. Wow, to hear Jesus speaking through the voice of this priest who was my confessor and just uh, speaking his words of absolution. So I, I can very, very much vastly appreciate that certitude that you are talking about there, Father. Yeah. And I think well, we see that on, yeah, the, go ahead. on the opposite end, too, right? Whenever people go to confession and maybe, you know, a priest uh, changes words of absolution uh, maybe unintentionally, but sometimes people will come to me and say, "Father, was like, did I, did I, was I absolved?" Yeah. And so we have this desire for that certainty. Yeah, yeah, that we certainly do, and uh, maybe that's maybe that's uh, at the fore of the minds of a lot of our listeners as well. So might as well open up the phone lines here early on. So if you have comments or questions about. And maybe it's an experience, like Father was just saying, in the confessional, and you'd like to call in and ask your questions. Was this a valid confession? Was it a valid absolution? 
Um, or maybe you just have maybe need a few reminders about how do I go to confession again. Give us a call. You are very welcome here in the Inner Life. Our toll-free studio line is 888-914-9149. That's sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, the number is 888-914-9149. Our email address, as always, is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Well, maybe we should just go through maybe some of the basic, the aspects of the sacrament in case people are either unfamiliar with it, maybe have folks uh, listening who have never been, who are not Catholic themselves, never been uh, part of the confession, or maybe Catholics who haven't been in a long time and kind of forgotten some of the main the main aspects of the sacrament, Father. Sure. So one thing I want to say is that, um, you know, as a priest, people probably just expect that I would talk about this stuff and that I've been, you know, going to confession since I came out of the womb. Um, I grew up in a Catholic household, uh, made all of my sacraments when I was supposed to, but I don't remember going to confession other than my first confession right before First Communion until uh, I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, okay. And so I had quite a gap there in between my confessions. This wasn't a part of our, our practice as a family in our faith. And so, um, yeah, all of this comes from my own sort of struggle with trying to go to confession as a high school student and into college. And then obviously my almost 10 years now of, um, of experience of hearing confession. So yeah, the first thing that we have to do in going to confession and what we ought to do before approaching any of the sacraments is to prepare. And so the preparation for going to confession, we call an examination of conscience. So we, we think about our lives since our last confession and we try to come up with a list and, and, when I started going at first, I wrote them down because I have a terrible memory. Mm. Um, and so I would actually write my sins down. And so we examine our conscience and think, you know, what are the ways that we've fallen short of the gospel call that the Lord gives us? And so we pr- spend that time preparing. And then we show up, you know, maybe uh, another pre thing would be to uh, look up the times of confession at your, your parish or a parish that you're looking to go. Uh, get there early because a lot of times there are lines, which is a good thing. Yes, it um, is. And, and then as we get into the confessional, uh, we kneel down and make the sign of the cross. And then the penitent, the person going to confession, can simply begin with, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It has been a week, a month, 30 years since my last confession, whatever time it's been since the last confession. And then they begin just listing off their sins. And the uh, one of the little pieces of advice that I've heard, and I forget where I heard it, but uh, three little uh, statements: be brief, be blunt, be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That uh, you know, a lot of times we get into this, and I do the same thing. We want to sort of explain our sins, lest we look too bad to the priest, right? <laughs> um, but be assured that as a priest, uh, you know, we're just very happy that you're there. Um, and so, listing of sins. And the church does say to list them, uh, the mortal sins, in kind and number. And um, that is something that uh, has sort of uh, picked at me pretty much the whole time I've been a priest. Because a lot of times people will come in and confess their sins, and I'll, you know, they'll be serious sins. And so uh, I'll say, oh, goodness, I have to ask them again, you know, how many times they did that sin. And so I think, well, why does the church want to know that? And a lot of my uh, sort of... Uh, understanding of confession and and being able to explain it comes from the the perspective of Jesus as the divine physician. So if I'm going to go to my doctor and and say, you know, uh, I have some trouble breathing, well, he's going to say, well, tell me more about that, right? 
uh, well, you know, when I go and run really fast, like it's, it's hard for me to breathe. It's like, well, that's just kind of how the human body works. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, that's not a big problem. <laughs> but if, if I say, well, you know, I'll be sitting down just, um, you know, having a conversation and I just get real short of breath. Oh, well, that's a, that's a serious problem. We need to dig into that. And so I think that, uh, that kind of number, uh, stipulation there helps the priest as the, you know, uh, representative of the divine physician to help us know, how do I need to treat this illness? So yeah. listing sins in kind of numbers is incredibly important. Um, and then the priest will maybe give a little piece of advice uh, after the sins are confessed. He'll give a penance, and then uh, the penitent will make the act of contrition. And then finally, the priest will give uh, absolution, which is the actual forgiveness of sins. Yeah, yeah. And what a, again, what a beautiful gift that is. Talking about the Sacrament of Confession today, call in with your questions or comments about this wonderful sacrament at 888-914-9149 for our spiritual director today, Father Patrick Broussard. Well, Father, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Linda calling in, who's calling in from Brigantine, New Jersey. Good afternoon, Linda. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you very much. Um, I'll be brief, but I, I believe uh, Father may have already answered my question. I have a mother who's 89 years old, has not been has not been to confession in 25 years, um, she goes to church every Sunday. She said there's no reason she has to go because she hasn't committed any moral sins, and she'd be just saying the same old sins over and over again. So why should she go? How can I convince her? Hmm. <laughs> That's a great question. And I, I think one of the last little things you said, I hear a lot in confession, and it's a reason why a lot of people either don't go or are tempted not to go to confession. Well, I'm just confessing the same sins over and over again. And I, uh, I struggled a lot in school to grasp things, so I really had to get them into very practical terms for me to get it. And so going back to that divine physician example, uh, I asked people, um, have you ever you know, gotten a cold or a sinus infection that was pretty bad? And they'll generally say yes. I say, well, did you go to the doctor for it? Well, yeah, I went got some medicine. Well, weren't you concerned that perhaps you might get a cold or a sinus infection again in the future? Well, maybe so, but I'll deal with it then. Same thing with our sins. Um, that, you know, okay, yeah, maybe I committed the sin, and maybe I'm pretty positive that no matter how hard I try, I will commit that sin again in the future. Well, let's go and, and be healed now and receive the grace from the Lord to perhaps be able to uh, fight that temptation, maybe not completely right away, but a little bit better the next time I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like that, Father. Linda, does that uh, does that help? I mean, is that is that something that you think your mom would respond to? Absolutely, because all she ever does is go to the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect answer. Thank like, you so much. Nice yeah. You. <laughs> Thank you. God bless. Yeah, thank you, Linda. Thanks for the call. If you have a question or comment about the sacrament of confession, I love that. How can we encourage our loved ones to make copious use of the sacrament, as Linda just asked. Give us a call at 888-914-9149. Let's go now to Mike, who's calling in from Orange Orange County, California. Good morning, Mike. Welcome to The Inner Life. Good morning. Uh, I was uh, talking to a Protestant one time who has expressed objections to confessing his sins to a priest because he said it's just a man who's Possibly, uh, probably a sinner himself. So why why should I confess my sins to him? Uh, and of That's course, a... I I know that he's not an ordinary man, but I would like to 
like to hear what you have to say about that. Absolutely. Great question. And yeah, he's, he's absolutely correct. Uh, we priests are very much sinners. Uh, in fact, I uh, was answering a question from some grade school students the other day, and they asked if I get tempted like them. I said, I absolutely do get tempted like you, and I absolutely fall to that temptation from time to time. So uh, yeah, he's correct in that observation that we are you know, sinners like anyone else. We are ordinary men, uh, but we have been giving, given an extraordinary gift by the Lord. And so, uh, yeah, the belief is that in the moments of the consecration of the, of the Blessed Sacrament and the forgiveness of sins, that the priest acts in the person of Christ. Through his ordination, he's conformed to Christ in a particular way. And so uh, it's not me, myself, who is uh, forgiving the sin, but it's Jesus and again, uh, looking back at the scriptures that Jesus gave that authority to forgive sins, which only God can do, remember. Um, he gave that authority to his apostles. And, and Jesus even got uh, some criticism for this in his life, right? Uh, whenever the paralytic uh, comes to him and he says, your sins are forgiven, they say, well, who but God can forgive sins? Mm -hmm. And then he says, well, to show you that I do have the authority, get up uh, and pick up your mat and walk. And he does. Yeah, it it is a good question, and it does. Uh, I mean, I, it's a good it's a good question that we all should be ready with an answer for that way um, as well. And I don't know any priest, and I know quite a few priests. I don't know any priest who would who would claim not to be a sinner. So, um, <laughs> and I for me, I find great comfort in that that you know what it is to go to confession as well. That you're not always you're you're on both sides of the screen, as it were, right? I mean, uh, absolutely, right. So that's and one a, of the best. Yeah. One of the best pieces of advice uh, that I've gotten from a, a, another priest when I was first ordained, he and I don't know if he was actually like telling me to do this or if you're just kind of making conversation, but he said, you know, it's good for the people to see us in line too. Mm -hmm. And I really took that to heart. And so uh, more often than not, I really try to go to confession at a parish during the normal times, standing in line with everybody else in my clerics uh, so that they see, oh, man, like Father... Father goes too. Um, and, you know, I guess that hopefully could be a comfort to people of, yeah, I can't, I can't absolve my own sins, right? right? I have to speak them out loud to, to another priest also. Absolutely. It is. It is. And I, I think I may have told this before on the program, but um, I just it's worth mentioning that I heard a story once of a woman who found herself in the confession line in front of a bishop. And uh, she turned around as it was her her turn was nearing, and she said, "Your Excellency, if you'd like to go before I would, then it's fine with me." And he apparently responded, "I'm in no more hurry to get in there than you are." So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. We're talking about the Great Sacrament of Confession today. Taking your phone calls and emails and uh, about questions that you have about this wonderful sacrament. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Again, eight eight eight. 914-9149 is our phone number. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. And our spiritual director today, Father Patrick Broussard, priest of the Diocese of Lafayette, Louisiana. We're going to be back right after this short break with more of the conversation on confession here on The Inner Life right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash UDallas. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com and the Relevant Radio app. If you haven't checked out Father Rocky's latest Eucharistic Encounter video, check it out. You'll hear about a man who was hearing a confession, a priest who was hearing a confession while having a heart attack. Powerful story from Father Rocky this week. Check it out at relevantradio.com slash encounter. Again, relevantradio.com slash encounter. We are talking about the Sacrament of Confession today. Give us a call with your questions at 888-914-9149 or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And our spiritual director is Father Patrick Broussard. Father, I want to get back into, well, here's an email that came in. This is an interesting one from Alexis. writes, I recently learned that intoxication is a sin. And once I learned this, I began to be very conscious about not passing my limits um, and quick to go to confession if I slip. However, last weekend, visited a family member who was serving drinks. Over the course of several hours, I had two and a half beverages, didn't finish the third because I didn't want to pass my limits. The next day, I had a bit of a headache and wondered why, because two and a half drinks over five plus hours is never any issue. Later that day, I found out my family member was putting twice the alcohol in every drink. I told her, I'm sorry, but that's too much, and not don't please don't do that again. So my question is, is that something I should go to confession for? I struggle with overthinking every and all sins, but just want some clarification on this particular one, and thank you. Yeah, what a great question. Yeah. So uh, perhaps this would be a good time to uh, sort of speak of the difference between venial and mortal sin. So venial yeah. sins are the sort of smaller sins, and we say that they damage our relationship with God. Uh, mortal sins are the bigger sins, and they're called mortal, right, as a, like a mortal wound, because they're deadly. They, uh, they kill our relationship with God. And so uh, the mortal sin has three uh, stipulations. Some, something has to be, meet these three criteria to be a mortal sin. It has to be grave matter, so intoxication would certainly be grave matter. But the other ones are that it has to be done in full knowledge. So she certainly knew that uh, getting intoxicated was a sin. But the third one is full freedom which in a certain sense, she didn't have the full freedom because she didn't know uh, about the, you know, the, the strength of the drink. She was uh, mm. being prudent in the sense that she was using her memory. All right, in the past, I've had two drinks, three drinks maybe, and I've been okay, so I'm going to do the same thing. But there was a sort of circumstance that she was not aware of. So she would not have needed to go to confession uh, for that sin. But I would always tell people sort of, uh, because memory is a part of the virtue of prudence, sort of tuck that back in your memory to be more aware uh, next time, perhaps. Mm, very good. I appreciate that, Father. Lexus, hope that helps. Thank you for the email. Appreciate that. Let's go back to the phones now. Ellen is calling in from San Francisco. Ellen, welcome yeah. to the Inner Life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, my experience was uh, I did not receive absolution. I was in my 20s and sleeping around, and I had this relationship with this man, and I confessed it. And the priest said, are you sorry? And I go, um, well, maybe, but he's waiting for me down the street. And he goes, I cannot give you absolution. I said, what? And I walked out of that confessional stunned, just stunned. But it planted a huge seed in me. Within a year, that man, I was going to let him move in. My mom, with tears in her eyes, my mom never cried. She said, if I let you do that, you cannot come back to this house. There's three younger siblings. That means it's okay, and it's not okay with me. She had tears in her eyes. I drove my car one mile to where the man was waiting to move his stuff into my apartment, and I said, no, I can't do it. It broke up the relationship, thanks be to God. And then one more seed was a friend of mine several years later said, how can you call yourself Christian and still sleep around outside of marriage? And I go, what are you talking about? This is the 70s. What are you talking? And so um, those three seeds were planted, 
And I tell you, the relationship that I was in in the early 80s, within about three, four years, we became celibate and have been celibate since. And um, thanks be to God, my mom, it was the priest, a family member, and a friend. And they planted these three seeds, and it transformed my life uh, it, with the sexual sin, with, with sleeping around. And I know that's pretty common, sin. So anyway, I think that's my story. Wow, what a beautiful story. And yeah, that's a, you know, a, tough, uh, a tough thing to do as a, as a priest in the confessional. Um, you know, part of uh, what has to be there for the, the sacrament to happen is there has to be uh, sorrow for sin, which we generally assume if someone's coming to the confessional. Um, but then there also has to be uh, a certain degree of an intention to change. And this comes up a lot with, um, you know, sort of persistent sins. One that's very uh, common would be like um, uh, uh, contraception. So like the birth control pill, uh, because it's a sort of a long-term thing. Uh, and that doesn't mean that someone has to come to the confessional and say, you know what, Father, I'm so tired of this sin and I'm never going to do it ever again. I mean, you just have to give the smallest little uh, willingness to, to try to change or to think about trying to change uh, for that. So it was kind of a bold move for that priest to, uh, to challenge you in that way, but I'm happy to hear that, uh, that it worked out. And uh, yeah, all three of those people, you know, we hope and we pray and we think that they did that out of love for you, right? And, and to, to convert and to come into a, a deeper relationship with the Lord. Mm, yeah. Ellen, thank you so much for sharing that, for your vulnerability as well, because I think that does speak to the heart of a lot of uh, what what people are facing these days. And and yeah, I uh, run into frequently people who have uh, little to no idea that the that uh, the church would have anything to say about uh, a sexual relationship outside of marriage. But um, in, and that's kind of the society, the water we swim in right now. But I appreciate the fact that it made such a huge impact on you. So God bless you. God bless this priest, this family member, and this friend who um, who God spoke through through to you in all these wonderful ways. So thanks for the call, Ellen. Really appreciate it. Talking today about confession. Send your questions to us at innerlifeatrelevantradio.com or give us a call at 888-914-9149. Well, Father, another email has come in, this time from Kathy. Kathy says, I'm retired, not that I believe that I'm perfect, but I honestly struggle with identifying what is sin in my life. So she asks if we can discuss sins of omission. For example, is it sinful that I don't use my newfound free time to attend daily Mass or to serve others? That's her question. What a great question. And yeah, yeah those sins of omission are, are um, you know, ones that we can overlook a lot of times. Um yeah, so I guess to answer her question first directly is, is it a sin to not uh, make use of that newfound free time to go to Mass? Um, I guess part of it would be, uh, what, is, what is God prompting you to do? Um, so, you know, we, are, we believe that, you know, we can be prompted by the Holy Spirit to do certain things. And when we don't do them, that those, you know, fall under that category of sins of omission. So, yeah, if you really feel like the Lord is inviting you to that, deeper relationship with him, particularly in that way of being uh, at Mass on, on the weekdays, then, yeah, certainly uh, make that effort to go. And um, uh, part of this is conscience, right? So if your conscience uh, is telling you that, uh, yeah, that was what the Lord is calling you to do, and then we're, we're saying, no, we're not going to do it, then that would fall under that category of uh, sin of omission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, very good. 
And uh, that, I mean, you already spoke about this, Father, but just to circle back to it, that uh, we do we do have um, these multiple resources for doing an examination of conscience, right? There's one available, I know, on the Relevant Radio app, relevantradio.com as well, to help us think through. Because I think sometimes we, well, I think oftentimes we need that because maybe we're just not identifying a practice that we have in our life that's become so uh, regular and or so usual or it's uh, not seen as a sin by society at large sort of thing. And then we, we encounter that and we think, oh, wait, yeah, maybe we maybe I do need to, to get to confession and confess this. Absolutely. Yeah, those, uh, those examinations can be incredibly helpful. And I've come across a few um, and a lot of them will be, uh, you know, sort of based on the Ten Commandments and break them down. You know, it can be easy to say, um, oh, well, I haven't killed anyone, so I check that one off. But then, you know, if we think about it a little more deeply, well, have I gossiped and killed someone's spirit or their reputation? Oh, well, who? maybe I am guilty of, of that mm-hmm. sin after all, right. even if I, you know, didn't sort of commit it at the highest level. And so there are a lot of good examinations out there on the Ten Commandments. Um, of the deadly sins, you know, how do I, how do I follow those deadly sins? Again, maybe not at the highest level, but in any way uh, falling to them. Or, or you can do one that's maybe uh, sort of a more positive, uh, positive view, uh, like the virtues. Okay, well, how am I not living the virtues rather than maybe breaking the commandments? How am I not striving uh, for excellence in that way of, of trying to live uh, the virtues? So those are incredibly helpful. Another way that, uh, you know, we say somewhat jokingly, but is, is true to figure out what our sins are if we have trouble identifying them is if you're married, ask your spouse. Uh, <laughs> if, if, you have, you know, if you have a really good friend in the faith, ask them. Because, yeah. you know, look, I convince myself all the time that I, I probably, uh, that I don't have as many issues as I probably do have. And so you have to ask for that honest feedback from someone who cares about you, who will give you that, that uh, not in a harsh way, but will give you honest feedback. Could be incredibly helpful too. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good piece of advice, there, Father. Thanks, thanks for that. Let's go back to the phones now. Sean calling in from Orange County, California. Sean, welcome to the Inner Life. Good morning. A question to Father Patrick, and I've listened to him about ten, fifteen minutes ago talking about uh, instead of going to confession to a priest, uh, but in, uh, you know what I do usually, I pray at home, knee down and talk to God and ask for forgiveness. Then at Mass, when I go, I do the same thing, and I feel like a big light that comes to me and gets me closer to God, and I ask for confession. So I believe in that, but I, my question today is, am I going to be forgiven my sins, uh, being uh, a good Catholic, born and raised Catholic from Eastern Church, and I'm having a struggle. So I was thinking about that uh, early today when I was talking uh, or taking my daughter to school. And then here I turn on the station to relevant radio and I hear Father Patrick talking about it. And spot on, he just uh, almost read my mind. And that's the question that I have today for Father Patrick. Excellent. Well, thank you for your question. And yeah, I say this often, uh, you know, it's like the Lord knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, you had this question on your mind and you turn the radio on and, and there it is being discussed. So I appreciate, yeah, again, your openness to uh, to the Lord speaking to you in that way and, and uh, giving the question. So I guess the short answer to your question is, will I be forgiven? Uh, sort of looping back to what we talked about a little earlier is, I don't know. 
Um, we trust in God's mercy and his goodness and his ability to work in ways outside of the sacraments. But he has given us the sacraments as that normal way for the forgiveness of sin. So all things being equal, that's how that's how he forgives our sins. So, yeah, just a word of encouragement to um, you know, whatever it is that might be holding you back from confession to uh, to try to plow through that and, and, and go. And one of the things that I, um, I'm on a university campus, in case you didn't hear that, and so as we're leading up to whether it be the Christmas break or the, uh, the summer holiday, I always tell the students, you know, um, spend these next couple of weeks before you get out of school and your life uh, changes pretty drastically from, you know, routine to whatever else you're going to be doing. Think about what you want to accomplish uh, in your spiritual life over this break. All right, well, I want to pray every day for at least 30 minutes. I want to, you know, go to confession every two weeks, whatever it might be. Come up with that list. Make it realistic but challenging. And then I want you to share that list with a friend. Because I'm, I'm pretty good about disappointing myself. I do that all the time. And I'm kind of uh, okay with it at this point. But I don't like to disappoint other people. And so to, to share that with them, now I know someone's holding me accountable. And so I th- there's something of a similar thing there in confession, right? That uh, it holds my feet to the fire a little more if I know that I'm going to have to go to one of my brother priests and confess uh, this sin. And maybe it'll give me the motivation to say, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight this temptation and I'm going to, uh, you know, try a little harder against it. Yeah, certainly there is that uh, that deterrent, as it were, um, if knowing that I am going to have to speak this out loud, that can be an added deterrent, as you were just saying. And we are, as Catholics, we're meant to go to confession at least once a year, right, Father? That's correct, yeah. So the, the Code of Canon Law says that we are to confess our grave sins in kind and number at least once a year, uh, preferably during the Easter season. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Wonderful. Well, Sean, I hope that helps. I, um, yeah, I hope that uh, you can make usage of the sacrament of reconciliation. And by the way, I think we should also say, Father, right, that we're we're obliged to go once a year, but uh, the church encourages frequent confession as well, right? Absolutely. Even if we're not aware of mortal sins. Yeah. All right. So, my uh, my little uh, saying here lately is that the foundation of our spiritual life should be a daily, weekly, monthly daily prayer, weekly mass, at least monthly confession. Oh, um, I, like I call that. that my little my little oil change confession. So yeah. uh, if the car is still running good at 3,000, 5,000 miles, whatever it's it, oil change is called for, you still go get the oil change to make sure it runs good. Yeah, um, there you go. But if there's a problem, you go and get it taken care of immediately. That's the yeah. monthly confessions, our little oil change confession, and uh, confession immediately is if we fall to mortal sin. Yeah. All right. Very good. I like it. Great conversation. Let's uh, let's take one more phone call before our break here. Debbie calling in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Good morning, Debbie. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. My question is, if you haven't been to confession for a long time and you committed a mortal sin, like not going to Mass on Sunday, and you did that a lot, but you don't remember exactly how many times you didn't go to church on Sunday, do you give it your best guess, or how do you handle that, the number of times? Absolutely. That is a great question. And, uh, yeah, I, I say this often, that the Church does not require from us what is impossible. Um, and so, yeah, if it's been a long time and you've committed uh, sins, uh, whatever it might be, that have been in a number that you just can't remember, um, then just say, you know, Father, uh, I've committed uh, this sin, I haven't gone to Mass. Uh, you know, maybe it was... Ten years ago, I didn't go to Mass hardly ever, and now I've been trying to get back to it. 
uh, just give him as much as you can, again, uh, so that he can do his best in helping you uh, in uh, what you need to grow in your spiritual life. And so that you, you know, uh, again, thinking about my own experience, for me to evaluate myself honestly is incredibly helpful in moving forward in the spiritual life. So, yes, if it's been a while, just do the best you can. Uh, and even if you forget something, so let's say you go to confession, it's been, say, 30 years, uh, or even it hasn't been 30 years, but you, you go and you, you have a sins, your sins in mind, and you go, you walk out and you say, oh, I forgot that sin, and it was a mortal sin. You're taken care of. It's only if we uh, purposefully hold something back in confession, a mortal sin back in confession, that we are not forgiven. Mm, very good. Our spiritual director today, Father Patrick Broussard, and we're talking about the sacrament of confession, taking your phone calls and emails. The phone number is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we got plenty more phone calls and emails coming up and more conversation about this wonderful sacrament coming up right after this short break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, Thomas Engeser, taking your phone calls, and to our spiritual director, Father Patrick Broussard, pastor of Our Lady of Wisdom Parish and chaplain at the University of Louisiana. We're talking about the sacrament of confession today. we got lots of uh, emails and phone calls. We'll see if we can... Uh, get through a number of those, but if you'd like to call in, 888-914-9149. If you'd like to email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Father, uh, Christy wrote in and emailed in, said, first time reaching out to Relevant Radio with a question. Well, thank you for doing that, Christy. Thanks for doing it uh, here on the Inner Life today. Here's her question. I recently heard that if a priest does not say the words, I absolve you from your sins, it's not a valid confession. She says, I know priests sometimes say, just say your sins have been forgiven, or say your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then say a prayer. I want to make sure, she writes, um, that I was truly given absolution and fully forgiven for those sins. So how would I go about moving forward with not knowing if a priest is saying this instead of the exact words, I absolve you from your sins? That's a great question, and it hits back on something we talked about earlier, right? That the uh, the sacraments are for certitude, and when we don't have that certainty, uh, we rightly get a little upset about it. Um, so it's kind of a, a difficult question because uh, part of it is the intention of the priest. So perhaps he's an older priest and, and forgot the words or, or something like that. Um, but again, it gets into that sort of gray area where we're not certain, and so if it's if it happens on a regular basis with a particular priest, I would suggest you know saying, Father, you know, uh, I appreciate what you're doing here, and I thank you for hearing my confession. But I, I, you know, I don't believe those are the words of absolution. If you would please say the actual words of absolution, that would give me a lot of comfort or something to that effect. And if it continues to happen, I would bring it up to uh, the local superior or the bishop because um, you, as the penitent going in there to have your sins forgiven, deserve to have your sins forgiven. So. Um, yeah, sadly, I can't give you a firm answer because, uh, again, we don't know, which is is kind of goes against the nature of the sacraments. Yeah, 
Yeah, very good. Um, so it's it is it is uh, something that is does need to be communicated certainly, and uh, I think there's some there's some uh, kind ways of addressing that with confessors, and hopefully he is open to whoever it might be is open to um, that little bit of fraternal correction as well. So thank you, for Christy, for the email. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, let's go now to Bob calling in from Mesa, Arizona. Bob, welcome to the program. Hi, have a good morning. Yes, my, I have two quick questions. Um, one is about uh, unsatisfactory confessions, in other words, from the priest. One time the priest had, and I, he was a pastor of the church, he had a um, cell phone ringing while I was in there. And the second time, I don't even know if he forgave my sins, because I couldn't even hear the priest. It was a different priest. I know who he is, but I couldn't hear him. And the other question I had was, one time I asked the priest, um, I'm 76 years old, I said, you know, sometimes I wonder if maybe I forgot. You know, I'm 76. I've lived a long life. If I forgot to uh, ask, you know, forgiveness for some sins, uh, what would you, you know, what would you be the answer to that? If I have no sins that I can't remember that I had in my life, would I still be forgiven? That I forgot, I forgot to uh, ask, went to confession for them, and that's it. Okay, very good. Thank you for your question. And uh, yeah, it's a great question. And, and that actually comes up more often than you than you might think of people uh, wondering, you know, well, what if I forgot a long time ago? And again, we have to always balance uh, what the church tells us and, and following the, the rules and the, the law of the church with the fact that God is a merciful God. And so uh, I always kind of talk about it in the sense of um, gotcha journalism, where they're kind of constantly trying to trap you and, and get you in a little you know, a uh, place where they say, oh, look, you didn't do it exactly what I was said, and you made this mistake, and now I've got you. God does not do that. God is a merciful God. Um, if we doubt that, we read the scriptures, and we look at a crucifix and see that he sent his only begotten son to die for our sins. And so his, uh, mer- his mission is one of mercy. And so the way I generally approach that is if um, there's a particular sin that keeps coming up, uh, then perhaps you can bring it to confession. Uh, but I wouldn't really uh, stress too much about going and sort of uh, going from, you know, seven years old up until however old we are and trying to think if there's any other sins we might forget, uh, might have forgotten because uh, the the serpent uh, is the most cunning of all the creatures, right? We hear in the scriptures. And so the devil can uh, slither his way into our uh, beliefs about God and his mercy and his goodness and his forgiveness and so he can use that sort of questioning to to throw us off and say, oh, well, maybe God didn't forgive me. If he didn't forgive that sin, well, did he forgive any of my sins? And then we kind of go down a, a, a dark hole, right? So I would say uh, assume uh, and trust in God's mercy. But if something does continue to persist, then you can bring it to confession. Yeah, yeah very good. Appreciate the question, Bob. Thank you so much. And uh, that is something that, yeah, it, it happens from time to time. And just as long as we're on the topic of uh, maybe what's happening on, on your side of the screen there, Father, in the confessional, mm-hmm. um, maybe we should just bring up and remind everyone of the seal of the confessional as well, that uh, your your sins are not going to be chatted about when the next time the priests get together in the deanery meeting, right? <laughs> Uh, absolutely not. So yeah. the seal of confession is one of the most serious things in the church. And um, the fact that it is so serious shows that the church wants us to go to confession, right? That we have this, uh, this rule that we cannot uh, expose your sins. Uh, we can, I can't even say if you came to confession to me or not, even if I don't talk about your sins. 
And there are very serious penalties if I do break that seal of confession. If I break it in a serious way, I have to appeal to Rome for uh, my sin to be forgiven and to be able to function again as a, as a priest. So mm-hmm. the church is, takes it very, very seriously. Yeah. And then just to follow up to that one, too, I hear priest after priest tell me um, and encourage us because, you know, there is some feeling of embarrassment, perhaps, or it's it's uncomfortable to go to confession and to list off the ways that we have turned away from God. But uh, maybe just another reassurance that uh, the priest is not going to be shocked. Yeah. No, we won't be shocked. Um, if anything, you know, people uh, generally sort of think, oh, well, oh, he's going to he's going to think less of me or. I think more of you, because mm-hmm. I go to confession. I know how hard it is to to list out all of the ways that I've messed up and I've offended the Lord. And so to see you doing that is incredibly impressive to me, and uh, especially if it's been a long time. Um, you know, I always say, welcome back if someone hadn't been to confession in a long time. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of times for the penance, what I'll give them is, um, you know, in the scriptures it says that there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who have no need for repentance. So for your penance, go and go and sit in the church and think about the fact that because of what you did here today, heaven is rejoicing. Yeah. That's incredible. It's just beautiful. Yep, yep, absolutely beautiful. All right, let's see if we can get back to the phones, get a few more phone calls in here. Uh, Molly is calling in from Iowa. Molly, welcome to the program. Hi. Just have a question for you. Um, struggling with the fact that what if you have children who you know are maybe impure or unchaste and in their lives and they continue and to go to mass and use the Euchar- or receive the Eucharist. And is that something that, you know, if you're having a hard time to talk to them about it, is that considered a sin of scandal for myself as well? Um, it's a good question and a difficult one, right? And uh, one that shows that you that you love and care about your children and you want want the best for them. I guess the advice I would give in that in that case is, um, yeah, to certainly first of all to pray for them uh, because it's you know it's the Lord that does any any work in them, and so to pray for them. And then uh, something a little piece of advice that I was given is to pray for the opportunity to speak to them and to pray that it is very clear when that time is. Uh, because, you know, there is that sort of hesitancy because, well, I'm their parent and, you know, they, they kind of expect it from me and they might not listen. And, and they're all sort of valid um, points, but that can't ever excuse us from, uh, from speaking up at times. And so I always say, put the burden on the Lord, right? Lord, I think that I need to talk to this person about this thing. Uh, give me the opportunity and show me when that opportunity is, and then give me the strength to do it uh, with love whenever you do give me that opportunity. Mm, Very good. Molly, hope that helps, but thanks for calling in with the question. I'm sure you're not alone in facing that very same situation, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, Let's go now to Lisa calling in from Delafield, Wisconsin. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, different examination of conscience helper things, but I still struggle with kind of defining uh, the mortal versus the venial sins, not in terms of like the definitions, but, you know, in my own personal life that the average person struggles with. Um, I have asked my family and maybe because they don't want me to 
ask, you know, offer in return, they haven't really produced any responses for me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, thanks for that question, but I would say um, perhaps next time you go to confession, ask the priest. You know, I have uh, people ask me quite often uh, about that, and um, that's, that's a question I'm happy to address in the confessional. Um, perhaps a meeting with a priest outside of the confessional could help to, to grow in that, uh, that desire for a good confession too. But um, yeah, that's part of our, our job in the confessional is to help to discern between those uh, sins that may be uh, venial and sins that may be mortal, not just in general, but particularly in, in your case. So I would say, uh, you know, perhaps ask next time you go. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, well, um, I know that uh, there's a lot more phone calls out there and a lot more emails that have come in, too. And my apologies uh, to all those that we weren't able to get on the air today. But uh, thank you for calling in. Please keep listening. And just a reminder, too, you can always call in to Patrick Madrid in the morning. You can call in to Father Simon in the afternoon. Um, and uh, they, they take questions like these as well. Father Bruce, sorry, just in the last minute or so here before we ask for your blessing at the end of the show, uh, and yeah, just just a reminder too, actually, that uh, Relevant Radio has a lot of confession help available on the app. So if you haven't yet downloaded the recently updated Relevant Radio app, go to your app store or whatever that might be and uh, for whatever type of phone you have and download the Relevant Radio app. There's lots of great resources on there. So just the, the last thing that I would ask you, Father, is that, yeah, let's say it has been a while. Um, there's all the sorts of, as I started the show, uh, misconceptions or, or just unrealistic expectations. What would you say um, to encourage people to re-engage with the sacrament of confession? Sure. I would say, uh, first of all, just go. <laughs> um, and, and it could be a daunting uh, thing to do. Uh, so pray, uh, especially the St. Michael prayer. If someone comes into confession and I, I sense a hesitancy to confess uh, at all or to confess a particular sin, it just seems like maybe they're holding something back. I'll quietly to myself pray the St. Michael prayer to ask the Lord to give them that that grace because the devil doesn't want us to be free of sin because he knows that helps our relationship with the Lord and he doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd also say maybe uh, ask a friend, uh, hey, I-, I know you go to confession, but I'm really scared, so would you come with me? And then I would say once you've gone uh, once, if it's been a long time, to continue to go on a regular basis. I always talk about it in terms of uh, when I was in high school, I was on the baseball team, but I didn't get a whole lot of playing time. And so whenever I got in, I was really nervous and uh, struggled. But the guys who played every day, it was just second nature to them. So I think the yeah. more we go, the less intimidating it becomes. Excellent. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this great conversation on the Sacrament of Confession. Father Patrick Broussard is our spiritual director today. Father, may we have a blessing from you as we close the show? Absolutely. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow. I am sure that there are many folks that, uh, well, they're certainly popping up in my mind who probably need to hear some or all of today's show. So check it out at relevantradio.com slash inner life. Tomorrow we're going to be focusing on one particular sin, the sin of sloth, which is coming in with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung. I hope you can join us for that. Up next, of course, is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant, Father Rich Getchell. Stay tuned for that. Until tomorrow, grace and peace.